Oh, yes. <laughs> Welcome to the Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580, where we bring you the latest in entertainment news, trending topics and interviews. Some heavy, heavy hitter interviews, by the way. Uh, welcome, welcome. Happy Friday. It's a good day. You know how I feel about Fridays. It's always a vibe. Fridays are always a vibe. <laughs> so I hope you are having a wonderful day, a fantastic day. I hope you are going to have an even better weekend. Um, I'm excited about today. This is going to be a little bit different than what, if you're normally listening to The Raw Report at 6 p.m., it's going to be a little bit different, but in a very, very, very good way. Uh, we don't have a contributor today because we have two amazing that's for you, Kwamel, if you are listening. The word amazing, because they are. They are uh, fantastic guests that we have on today. If you have any questions, you feel like you want to weigh in on, or have a question with my two guests, feel free to call in. You can do that by calling 1-800-920-1580. And you can also join us right now in the YouTube chat, because it's always lit. Hello up to all of you guys up in our YouTube chat. The community in there is always so fantastic. So if you haven't joined in yet, you should go ahead and check them out. Go ahead. They are very uh, supportive. And I already see. I see who you're here to support. I see you guys. <laughs> well, very good. Um, we may, as, we may as well just drop it on him, Andy. Let's go ahead and drop the Rob report today. Now it's time for a breakdown. Okay. Well, if you've been paying attention to any of my socials whatsoever, then you will know that this particular uh, first guest that I have, he is an exceptional and responsible filmmaker. He and his wife, Gina Prince Bythewood, are both dynamic visionaries. And they truly care about our community and they support the next generation of black filmmakers by the content that they share and what they put out just very responsibly. And personally, I am a fan uh, here to discuss his show and more specifically the second season of his hit show, Swagger, that's streaming right now on Apple TV. Please welcome Reggie Rock Bythewood. Hello to you, Reggie. How are you today? Hey, great. Thanks. How you doing? I'm fantastic. You know, I'm always feeling good on a Friday. There you go. Okay. I yeah, I don't know if everybody is like that. Some people, you know, they work on the weekends. They don't. They can't look forward to relaxation. But you know, for me, I feel like it's always, you know, I set the mood on a Friday. So that's how I am today. Okay. Yeah. Well, All right. So I like it. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm sure Reggie, you must be pretty excited. You have, uh, you know, your season two of Swagger out right now. That is. Really, everybody's talking about it, and uh, I personally had heard about it. I was just like, wait a minute. Am I missing out on something? So I had to start catching up. Reggie, I started catching up, mm. and I got to tell you, I, uh, I'm i not surprised, but I'm a fan of this uh, of this work for uh, of you as well. So um, why don't you just go ahead and tell everybody just a little bit about you uh, and so we can get caught up on why you are here to talk about your show today. All right. Well, cool. Well, thank you. I mean, and thank you so much for the introduction. You know, you mentioned myself, you mentioned, you know, my wife. And, you know, <clears throat> we always just feel like filmmaking isn't something we do. It's just something we believe in. And, um, you know, look, hey, tomorrow's not promised. So I have a season two of Swagger. And while it's really, really important for me to do content to entertain, mm -hmm. the reason why we have to entertain, you know, sort of... You know, my motto here is get the audience at the edge of their seat and while they're leaning forward, hit them with the truth. Mm. And so I'm really, like, excited and really happy that we've taken a show that on the surface is about youth basketball. You know, one of my uh, executive producers on the show is Kevin Durant. And this really came about 
because I sat with Kevin Durant, you know, a few years ago and really heard about his youth basketball days and really agreed with him that it would be a great launching pad for a series. And so while many elements are inspired by some of the stories he told me, it was very important to make it a contemporary story because then it allows us to deal with what's happening right now mm-hmm. with our youth growing up, you know, on the court and off the court. Yeah. Absolutely. You know, um, not just with this show, I, I've i noticed with your work just in general recently, I had a conversation on this particular show about um, social commentary and mm-hmm. uh, those who choose to shine a light on, you know, racial disparities, all kinds of things that we deal with in our community. Right. So I find it interesting, right. Reggie, that um, there's a very clear through line. Um, in your own work that, I mean, it's very, very clear. We, we talk about a different world. We talk about shots fired, get on the bus, um, obviously now mm-hmm. swagger. Um, I'm curious if you can identify whether there was a, a specific incident or just a general time in your life that compelled you to include this pillar of uh, social commentary in your projects. I mean, I think that there wasn't just one thing, but it was just really a culmination of things as I grew up. You know, I grew up in the Bronx. Um, it was really amazing when I grew up. I grew up where, like, hip-hop was just in its infancy, and it was just really amazing time to grow up doing there. Um, but as well, you know, I, um, I like a lot of my heroes, were these political prisoners. You know, a brother named Jamal Joseph. Uh, Geronimo Pratt, the Ruben Ben Wahad, and like I sort of found myself in this circle of like these older cats that were doing all these political things and and really things to champion our people and and freedom fighters. And as I you know continued to write, I really felt this strong pull to make sure that my work would do something to just advance the causes of our people. And and so that's really what what I did and, and really did a lot of theater. And I never really thought that I would go beyond doing community theater. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, some people in, in, in Hollywood saw my work and, and offered me a gig. And I came out and, you know, my first um, professional gig was writing in a different world. And that was amazing. Mm-hmm. You know, I was writing in a different world where... You know, people running that, that show, you know, it was black women running that show. Debbie Allen was an exec producer, a woman named Susan Fells Hill. Um, that's also where I met Gina. And it was just an amazing way to start my career because if you remember, you know, Different World was comedic and had fun, but we also had the opportunity to really do these episodes that allowed ourselves to challenge people's perspectives oh, yeah. and raise consciousness. And so, you know, um, the very first thing I wrote was this um, episode about this girl who was in an abuse, who was in a relationship with the, with the guy who was abusing her. And I remember just getting this letter from a 13-year-old girl who was in Canada. And she said that after watching that episode, she broke up with her boyfriend. Mm. So you just like really think about like starting my career where really not even having to be convinced, but very in a very tangible way, understanding that the work that we do can impact change. Um, there was just no way that wasn't going to continue to be my North Star. Mm. Wow. I, it's funny, as you sit here talking about your start, I, 
I never thought I'd be able to get to speak to someone who had their hands in writing a different world and, you know, writing some of those powerful, powerful episodes. Because we, uh, when we were growing up watching that show, that was, I believe, one of the first times that we can really identify with all these deep subject matters that we cared about and that we could relate to. And, you right. you know, and just to think, you know, fast forward now, I'm speaking to one of the people who had his hands in writing those things. So I want to say thank you from from all of us. OK, <laughs> that's that's signed from the culture. Um, I want to when we come forward, I, I'm actually going to start talking to you about this particular clip that you posted on your social media, that it is so powerful. And uh, I want you to break it down for us. I want to talk about that and more that you have coming up. Uh, so let's keep you around for just a few more minutes. Reggie, don't go anywhere. When we come forward, we will get to more of this conversation with this amazing, incredible visionary on the other side. You are listening to The Raw Report on KBLA Talk 1580. Stay right there. Welcome back to The Raw Report. We are having a great conversation with the executive producer of Swagger that's on Apple TV. And I and I just got into it, I have to say. I am definitely a fan uh, of, of this show. And I can't wait to get caught up with season two. But I know that there are some people who are following, following along because, of, obviously, mm-hmm. it's great content. But you have a great episode that's coming out tonight, in fact. It's a powerful episode. And I saw on your social media a very powerful clip that you posted um and it was surrounding the idea of are we free reggie please break that down for me and for for the listening audience yeah um i mean first off i would say like i I, you know i i I would love it if everybody starts at season one and is able to get caught up on the show but even if you have not even if you have not i would say watch this one um because it's almost a standalone and if you haven't been following with the series you could still just plug in and, and get it. And, and this was so important because while it's, you know, look, it's, it's wildly entertaining in terms of a basketball game that they play. Mm-hmm. It's um, something we've done that I don't believe has ever been done in cinematic history is we shoot an entire basketball game in one shot. I have a camera operator on rollerblades and it's really amazing choreography. So there's an entertainment element to it, but the real reason we got to like get into that is because it raises certain questions that we haven't really dealt with and really asked ourselves. I mean, the number one provider for mental people with mental illness in this country are prisons. That's the number one provider. And like, we have our youth filling up these prisons when, you know, look, look, some people, maybe they do deserve to be there, but a lot of people are there for mental illness. And so like, I love the fact that we are able to use this 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 um, platform that's, you know, on the service and tends to entertain and, like, really get in there and just raise some questions. Um, I'm so also happy that John Carlos from 1968 Olympics, you know, raises his, his, his fist in the air from the podium when the national anthem played. He, yeah. he visited, you know, our writer's room via Zoom, and we really talked a lot about what it means to be a champion, you know, on the court and off the court. And, and so it was really great that he um, has a role in this one as well and it really says some real provocative things. And, and so it's, it's highly entertaining, but I really think it's just really important for a whole family to just dig in in this one and just check it out.
Mm. Oh my goodness! And I saw that. I, I was I was blown away just even by the clip that you posted. So I know what we have to look forward to on this episode is is absolutely fantastic. And yes, I do agree with you that people, if they can, to uh, t- to just buckle down and and catch up, you know. But again, definitely watch this episode because I I know that it'll be a powerful one. But for sure, this is something that I think will um will relate to a lot of other people. I have this conversation a lot though, Reggie. I want to know your thoughts on this. We often talk about we we point all the all the fingers at some of the issues that we have, especially with our youth in our communities. You know, obviously the killings and. Um, and the gangs and the, you know, all, all the things, the um, illiteracy, all the things. Or you can point to anyone and we can have a conversation about it. But oftentimes people are pointing at the problems and no one has a solution. And I'm not and I'm not saying that there is one solution. And there are people like you who are doing a fantastic job of bringing it to the light, because these are conversations that they need to continue to happen, especially if we are to do anything about it. But I'm curious your thoughts. Where do we start? Is there is there a starting point Um, or is it just a little bit too layered um, when it comes to solving some of these issues within our community? You know, I, I think that there's not like one switch we can turn on that solves everything all at once. But I will say, you know, what we really lean into in our show is it's embedded and ingrained in our storytelling is the urgency of community. It's mm-hmm. the urgency of us coming together. And, you know, the other reality is like our culture is under attack. Mm-hmm. Our youth, they're under attack. Like, what we yeah. we can't even read Tony Morrison in school. Mm-hmm. You taking out James Baldwin. You yeah. taking out Lorraine Hansberry. Yeah. We gotta know the one to attack. We gotta know that um, love is strength, and 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 that this idea that our 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 youth um, um, don't need to be. Protected, and when I say protected, and I don't like, you know, look, I have I have two sons, you know, and the oldest now is twenty two, and the youngest is nineteen, and you know, Rob, and I'm sure you, your listeners can 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 understand this. Mm-hmm. Last year, my eighteen year old, he was playing a baseball game. He's he's, he's a D one baseball player. He's playing a baseball game in in um, in, in Compton. Mm-hmm. He's driving. He gets pulled over. Black cop. He told me about the experience, and it was a sigh of relief because you're waiting for that moment mm. when a white cop pulls over your black kid and he gets through it. Yeah. Like that's like a space that you know it's sort of like okay, you did you, you and you're just sort of like uh, you know you kind of like okay, like the sort of checklist that I gave him. Like just thank God, like he survived it, mm. you know. Mm-hmm. And that's a space that we we live in. And, um, and so I really don't want to say that I'm, you know, have a solution to everything, but I really believe that it lies in two things. One, that it really lies in community. Mm-hmm. And, um, when we call our show swagger, it's not about bravado and showing how cool you are and, and trying to impress people. The idea of swagger is to have a cause bigger than yourself. Mm. And if you lean into that cause bigger than yourself and you can execute that cause bigger than yourself, Mm -hmm. then that's swagger. Mm. 
I can say, have you written a book, sir? Because I can sit here and just listen to you talk or uh, narrate this entire thing for me because it's so uh, it's so compelling. Um, and I again, I appreciate you. And it, when you, when you gave us the story about your own son, it obviously brought me back to the first episode of of Swagger on season one, mm-hmm. where uh, the character Jace has a similar sort of experience. And you know, unfortunately, right. that is something that our community we have to really prep our boys. You know, I, I don't have sons, but that's definitely something that we have to prep our, our black, our young black men, uh, what they'll have to more than likely endure just in, in the community, in the world. Um, is there anything mm-hmm. specific after after season two? We don't know where this is going with season, you know, the, the finale of season two. Um, but what what is it that you want people to take away from the show? When they, when they watch your show, Swagger, should they leave away walk away with having more conversations amongst the family, go talk with their friends about it. Should they be amped, you know, playing basketball or, you know, what are the, those feelings or those ideas that you want people to take away from the show when they watch it? Well, there's something that's happening. Like the, the viewers are giving it to us, right? Mm-hmm. Well, first of all, um, we are, you know, we are dominating the black viewership at at that at that network, mm-hmm. you know, and so the people are talking to us. And one of the the one of the biggest compliments that we get is that people are watching. It's like it's become cross generational. Mm-hmm. So people are watching it with their kids. Adults are watching it with 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 their parents, and 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 I would say that um, we. We really, in our storytelling, you'll see this when you follow us online and stuff. Like, I, I don't use the word episode when it when it comes to swagger, right? We always say maze one, maze two, maze mm-hmm. three, suppose episode one, episode two, episode three. And one of the reasons, like the first image in swagger is a lead character, Jace, gets a hand-drawn maze by his father, mm-hmm. right? But maze becomes a metaphor for life. You know, so so like like to say that like life is not a straight line. It's got twists, turns, obstacles, and opportunities. It's a maze, and if you really understand that maze from like from our lens, then we understand like we're leaning on the on the shoulders of those that came before us in the civil rights movement and reconstruction. Like it's all a part of this maze, and so we want to put this maze, this community, in our storytelling. We lean a lot into joy. We have the best shot basketball on the air. And you're going to be highly entertained. But beyond that, ideas are just challenge perspectives. And so there's a lot of different things that we um, deal with. But it all really all comes down to this question of how do we treat um, our youth in this country? Mm, I love that. Um, as I mentioned before, you are um, a fantastic storyteller and a visionary, uh, as is your wife. Uh, also, who she's mm-hmm. also a filmmaker, Gina Prince Bythewood. I can only imagine what your household is like. I mean, just the story times and the ideas that you all come up with. Um, we know her from her work. Um, you know, obviously, she's got a, a plethora of things that we, we've loved as well. Uh, Love and Basketball, The Woman King. We could go on and on. Um, mm-hmm. how, what is that dynamic like? I mean, the two of you, uh, th- this is your, your sort of family's mission. Telling these I mean, great stories? Mm-hmm. Well, you know, I mean, we, you know, we met in the writer's room in a different world. And, but to be honest with you, like, we're very normal. 
you know, we're not. <laughs> yeah, you're not you know, talking about dinner. shows every day I over mean, dinner. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we talk about it a lot, but there's just, like life and it's not like when Gina walked down the hall, we rolled out a red carpet. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> but right. so, like we, we know we were, um, you know, but but we do. But we, you know, we were very passionate about what we do. We want our sons to be very passionate about what they do. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, ideally we're able to follow our passions. And so, um, um, I don't know. I think it's pretty normal, you know, <laughs> uh, um, um, our lives. But, you know, we, we really love it and really, really, really blessed to be able to use our art and our craft to um, entertain and challenge perspectives. Mm-hmm. And that's really what it is. Mm. Well, fantastic. Again, I, I just want to say thank you from so many people who uh, they're in a position where they love to watch. They love to be entertained. And we all have become fans of what you all have put out in the culture over the years. But so many people aren't able to express that to you just because they don't have either the platform or the opportunity to speak with you. So I find it a privilege to sit here to speak for not just myself, but a, a lot of pe- a lot of us who are listening and um, appreciate your work and and more than anything, that narrative that you're pushing uh, out there that we should we need to care and we need to shine a light on what's going on in our community. So I, I deeply appreciate that. And um, absolutely, everybody needs to go ahead and tune in tonight for uh, this episode of Swagger on Apple TV. Is there anything that you would like to leave the audience, um, especially let them know where they can uh, follow you as well, Reggie? Um, well, sure. I'm on uh, I'm, I'm on Twitter and Instagram as um, at, at Rock the Film, and um, um, but I do want to just say, Robin, to to you and your listeners, um, how however you can get it to everyone. You know, we have a code for like a free um, membership at Apple for two months. Oh wow! You okay. know, so you can like you can get that code if you if you're not already on Apple TV Plus. Get the code, sign in, check out Swagger, and 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 that way, um, you know, it'll just you know be a free, uh, free service to 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 your listeners. So I want to make sure that we get that to you so that you can provide it to your listeners as well. Absolutely, and thank you so much for that. Do you have that on hand? Um, I can I can email it to you and sure, and then you can because it, it's like a QR code and oh got and, it and perfect so something that needs to be you know downloaded and stuff. Mm-hmm. Well, I I'll take it from there. You just send it over to me via email, and I will take it from there to get to our listeners. Um, Andy, did you have anything? Yes, <laughs> Andy's just concerned that we could get that QR code. Yeah, we'll, we'll take care of it. Uh, Reggie, I just yeah. want to say thank you again for uh, coming on to the show. We truly appreciate you. And I look forward to, uh, I'll go on your social media and let you know what I think about tonight's episode. So thank you again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Please do. And a shout out to our mutual friend, Sandra Evers Manley, who, you know, um, um, I, I think, you know, because of her, myself and so many other people have gotten into this industry. Mm, Wow. Thank you to Sandra. We appreciate her as well. Um, You enjoy the rest of your night as well as your weekend, Reggie. And thank you again for coming on to the Rob Report. All right. My pleasure. Thanks so much. Thank you. When we come forward, we have our next interview with uh, another heavy hitter. Um, So I want you guys to stay right there. Right now we've got news, traffic and sports. You are listening to KBLA Talk 1580. 
Any more time, you are inside the Rob Report on KBLA Talk 1580. And I told you, I already told you, today you could expect two heavy hitter interviews. And so we were just, if you're just joining us, we just got off the phone with uh, one remarkable filmmaker, executive producer of Swagger, that really nice hit show on uh, Apple TV. You guys, make sure that you check out tonight's episode. It's seeming like it's going to be a fantastic one. Very, very compelling and powerful. One that you need to watch. All right, so go ahead and do that. And um, and yeah, we just finished that conversation and now I'm here with someone who I just can't even believe is sitting across from me right now. It's fantastic. She is one of the first black supermodels, period. Okay. In the nation. Okay. In the history. Okay. <laughs> uh, and if you don't know who I'm talking about, she is Beverly Peel. She's appeared on the covers of over 250 <laughs> magazines in her career. She has graced the runways of all kinds of, uh, all kinds of runways, all kinds of designers she's worked with. And I I am proud to say she was my very first boss. <laughs> you, you laugh when That's I say that. Crazy. Welcome, Beverly Peel. Thank you, Robert. That was a wonderful introduction. I love it. Oh. That's why I love you. Oh, you're just thank you. A beautiful spirit. I can't believe I was your first boss. Yeah, you were my very first boss. I was, um, you know, I was, I was. We were chilling. We were. Chi- <laughs> I know we were chilling. We really were. Mm-hmm. I was. Uh, this is around the time that I mean you. How I saw you, Bev, is that you were always um, connected. You were always doing something. Mm-hmm. You were very well connected yeah. at all of, at all across the industry because, hello, Beverly Peel. Mm-hmm. Okay, supermodel Beverly Peel. And uh, I remember going out. There was a specific spot that we would go to uh, all the time. It was like a restaurant. And I kept seeing you, and you were just Las so Palmas. nice to me. Wasn't it Las Palmas? Uh, it was not. It oh, was, was not. It? it was a different, different place here in L.A., and I don't mm. remember the name of that restaurant. This is before you went on to do your own thing. Mm. So I just always saw you there and you sort of just opened your arms to me to teach this young, young, dumb, trying to figure out little young and lady. look at you now. Yeah, and look at me now. <laughs> I often say this. I, I've actually gone on to um, to talk about some of the people who have influenced me mm-hmm. in my life and some of the mentors that I've had. And you are literally out of maybe three uh, or four. You're like right there. So I don't know if you ever knew that. No, Beverly. I didn't. I had no idea. No, oh, my But goodness. I'm like literally like my heart is going. That yeah. is awesome. That's yeah. awesome. Because I, I I love the fact that we have history and yeah. I could look to you for like memories. Yeah. <laughs> Mine's kind of right. gone, but I, I think that's like, I can't believe I was a boss like way back then. I, yeah. I didn't know what I was doing. Yeah. You but hired you, me. You as, helped I was your, me. I was your assistant. assistant. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And you assisted very well. I mean, nobody could replace you. I swear. I was trying Thank to fill you. those shoes for years. I'm like, well, Robin did this. Robin did that. And they're like, well, I'm not Robin. <laughs> <laughs> but well, that's onto great. bigger and better things. I'm, I'm proud of you. I Thank really you. am. I'm so proud of you. Thank like, you so much. It's just good to see a beautiful sister that is embracing her talents mm-hmm. and utilizing all of the tools that you have and, and teaching other people and giving other people the opportunity to learn and grow and, and find out information about, you know, the world yeah. pretty much. And yeah. I, I dig that. I think that's dope. It's dope. Beverly, thank you. I love, I love the sister energy we got going on right now. And it's, you know, I've always, uh, taken a sort I, I don't want to say the word pride I think pride is a weird word I'm still trying to navigate my way with that word but mm-hmm. I've always tried to um I've always been proud for lack of a better word of the fact that I know you mm-hmm. and when I look at the icon that you are you really made history with a lot of the different things that you did um 
in your time as a as a model, you're still a model. You are still this is who you are, right? <laughs> Something that you breathe. Um, what was that experience like for you? I don't, you know, I don't know that we had ever really talked about that. I knew you as, you know, my boss, sort of going get, transitioning into other things. Mm-hmm. You became an actress, businesswoman. Um, but as an actress or as a model, becoming a supermodel back then, can you talk about that experience a little bit? Um, yeah, of course. I would love to. It was honestly, it, it was one of those things that just happened. Mm-hmm. It wasn't a thought. There was no process. There was no plan, no five year, 10 year, you know, two year plan. Mm-hmm. It was just, I was in school and my mom put me in etiquette because I was a tomboy and I mm-hmm. wore, you know, always came home with holes in my pants and she wanted me to wear tights and curtsy and do all that stuff. And, mm-hmm. and that just evolved. And I was in a I was in a competition and next thing I know, my first job, Johnny Versace, $50,000. I was 12 and a half. Then I go to New York. I'm the first black woman on the cover. And I wasn't even a woman. I was literally 13 and um, on the cover of Mademoiselle in 1989 Mm. and flying here, go to Paris, do this, do that. I was just doing what I was told by my mom because she really, you know, she wanted me to be a model more so than anything. I wanted to be a a dancer. But Mm. that being said, it wasn't until maybe my mid-30s that I realized the impact that what I have done and all the firsts and all that stuff had on people. Because I started, you know, listening to people. You got people, you know, at the height of my career, I was like, I'd walk out my apartment and there'd be 20 people with 8 by 10 glossies and a Sharpie pen mm. waiting for an autograph at 7 o'clock in the morning. Like, how long were you standing there? It's freezing <laughs> right. outside. Like, right. I'll sign in and get in my car and go to work, whatever, I, wherever I was going. But, you know, hearing people and, and reading messages of people saying, you know, you inspired me to become a fashion designer or your story helped me get through this or, you know, because of your confidence, I just, you know what would Beverly do that kind of thing or you're crazy whatever it is that I did Mm -hmm. impacted people so I was like you know I really got not only my children but there's a lot of people just watching me Mm -hmm. so I really really thought about what I was going to do and what my next steps were so being younger it was a kid in a candy store I Mm -hmm. you know I got whatever I wanted whenever I wanted it but I didn't look at it as something that was like a challenge I never was the model that had I had bad experiences, um, one that's been, you know, publicized in the last two years for my son's father. Mm -hmm. But prior to that and outside of that incident, I was never like people didn't do drugs around me. People didn't, you know, Mm because I was so young. They looked at me as a moneymaker, so they protected me. Mm -hmm. I never had the casting couch. I never saw the racism side. Or even if I did, I was too young and too childish to really know that that's what was going on and the black women's coalition you know the fact that we don't get as much money as white people so mm-hmm. all of those things the politics in it I didn't realize had such a strong like overall outcome in the world you mm-hmm. know and it, it does so I just think that I, I just embraced it as a 13 14 15 16 17 year old would Ooh, and yeah. then when now in my older age I appreciate it and I respect it and I you know that's one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is that I'm here I moved back to Georgia uh, where am I I'm in California (laughs) California yes welcome back to Cali man yeah five (laughs) years away from Cali and I'm like you know what to do man you know I'm talking about dirty south no I'm just fine (laughs) but no I um no I'll just go back to my British accent no but I being back here I came back here so I can 
I'm opening up a supermodel emporium. Beverly Peel Supermodel Emporium. B&T actually is what it's called. B&T Supermodel Emporium. So I can teach these women mm -hmm. and young girls and mm -hmm. men if they want how to walk like a supermodel from a supermodel. How to learn, like, to learn what it takes to be a supermodel. But not only that... To, to be a woman, to have confidence, to have your mm. inner goddess, your inner, you know, supermodelism come out because you utilize that everywhere. You walk with pride and you need to learn how to walk on the runway for competitions, for fashion shows. Mm -hmm. But even lawyers can come and do this and get one on one coaching with me. Mm -hmm. And then that, will you know, we also will offer boot camps, we'll offer uh, five week courses with like a whole spiel of spiel, spiel, mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, smorgasbord. All, sure, all of the above, all um, of the above. Of, of things, <laughs> um, teaching hygiene, teaching poses, teaching health, teaching like, you know, all of that. Mm -hmm. And but First and foremost, the history of modeling, mm. that it is not because you have an iPhone and a filter right, that right. makes you a supermodel. Right. Supermodel is hard. You know, it works like people think it's all glitz and glam and we get free clothes and we get to be with designers and we date rock stars and mm -hmm. basketball players. But it's not you. You know, you you have ready to wear collection. You have. Uh, Oak Couture collection, you have to do photo shoots in between all mm. over the world, ready to wear. You're going to Milan, Paris, London, Tokyo, um, New York, and then now they have all these other places, but mm. all of that within a month period, mm. a three week period actually, and then you go off and you do some photo shoots from that, and then two months later you're off doing okatur and two months after that you're doing back ready to wear again like it's yeah. literally traveling all the time and like yeah. no sleep no this no that i'm not complaining it was a lot of money it was great i had fun it's like acting without whatever but it is you need to if you want to be a runway model i want to bring that that era back from when i was a model you i know, don't like all this yeah i'm a certified this i'm a certain it's not really a real certification it's not really exactly real models like it's one of the biggest problems that they i have can't yeah. walk on the runway like yeah. come on ladies but like, speaking of this. that beverly um and i'm so glad that you talked about this because it's not just knowing how to walk there is a certain type of uh there's a, a, a an elegance and a yeah. confidence and i have to say People often talk to me about my confidence to this day. Yeah. They're, th that's one of the biggest compliments that I get. They're like, Robin, regardless of what you think about yourself, your confidence yeah, is sky high. And I walk in and, it. But you've always been like that. And that's great. I can't say, okay, here's here's the kicker. Okay, Beverly Peel, here's the kicker. You taught me, you you know, everybody serves a certain purpose mm -hmm. in their in your life, right? And I said, I mentioned before, I've had, you know, several mentors and things like that. Everybody played a different role. You actually taught me what it was like to uh, walk into my my womanhood and walk in with with confidence. Mm -hmm. There were things that I saw you do that I thought I could never do that. Mm. You know, you taught me how to attract, you know, and not not go after and not have to, you know, mm -hmm. attract and mm -hmm. be and stand in, yeah. in your in your confidence. Mm -hmm. And so that is such a great thing that you mentioned that you want to teach to other yeah. young ladies because especially in this time of social media it's fabricated yeah. you know looks are fabricated we have yeah, filters they're now like this, they're just like yeah exactly and that's not and it's, modeling that's not, and that's not even confidence y'all don't really. even know what it is get on a plane do some shoots you know what i mean like yeah. take you none of the models i never went to modeling school mm -hmm. you know i didn't mm -hmm. learn how we all have our own stamp our own walk there's the yasmin gurries there's naomi's there's the Katu people that main like society hasn't heard of but they're famous in mm -hmm. the fashion world that have amazing walks i remember iman was my uh mentor well not mentor but she came to me when i was 
13 something it was like my second season and she she always came to me at the right moments and she would say darling you know you are not it's not about you it's about you know the clothes it's about this it's about that and like what wow. she said to me really stuck we are walking hangers it's not about our ego it's not about yeah. us we need to learn how to embrace that and respect it and respect our money and learn how to save i wish i had somebody that taught me that mm-hmm. back then you know and um just everything basically coming from a person who's been in it not not from someone who's you know just associated with it or someone who's always wanted to be a model no you have an actual supermodel who's been it lived it breathed it sleeped it peed it all of that yeah and who can teach you and that's what i want to do i want this to be like worldwide i want to touch africa i want to touch spain i want to touch all these places and touch people and make them understand that everybody's beautiful everybody has this this je ne sais quoi in them and it doesn't have to be like oh i just i'm not going to take her class i'm not going to hire her go to see her because i don't want to be a model no you can utilize this in every aspect of your life you know day-to-day life you know uh it it, i i hear you guys i see you all in the comments they are going on they they're loving you they're loving what you're saying beverly uh when we come forward though we're going to continue the rest of this conversation with the beautiful supermodel and uh coach beverly peel when we come forward (laughs) you're listening to the rob report on kbla talk 1580 stay there you are listening to The Raw Report, and we are sitting here with the incredible, incomparable Beverly Peel, who I, I've had the privilege of uh, sitting under years ago, years ago. Let's not say how many. Not how many years, but uh, uh, several several years. Only a couple. It was only a couple years. Right. Um, you're just as beautiful and as elegant as you were back then. Thank you, Robin. And I can only imagine, though, throughout time, you know, uh, all the lessons that you've learned that you want to pass on. Oh, yeah. And now It'll be out of my book. I'm, I'm writing a book. Okay. As well. Yeah. yeah. And well, t- talk to me also about passing that on to your children. I mean, these lessons that you've learned. And, and I know for a lot of people who have come up in the entertainment business and for you, fashion is a, a subsidiary, I guess, of entertainment. Uh, you've seen you've seen so many things and um, experienced so much. And now that you have children, you want to protect them from certain things. Right. Mm. So talk about some of that, you know. Or you're going to put it in your book, I'm sure. But yeah, uh, well, it's, it's actually probably going to be like three books. Okay, that's good. enough, <laughs> enough a content yeah, to write. No, it's yeah. a lot. But no, my children are, you know, my two youngest children, six and 12, DJ and Storm, they don't know me as Supermodel Beverly Peel. Right. They've never seen me because I've been, I've, you know, been hiding from the world and doing just Beverly and being Betty Crocker and figuring out what I want to do when I grow up outside of modeling. Um, but my two oldest children, my, my daughter Cairo, who the world knows, and then my son Trey, so my daughter Cairo will be 29, I mean, will be 30 in September. My son Trey, he's 19. Mm. He's my supermodel son. I've kept him sheltered, yes. Yeah. I don't, um, I'm one of those moms, it's just me and my kids, it's, you know, that's all I have in this world. So I keep them very close. Mm-hmm. So this move back to LA without my two oldest was literally, I was like driving, I don't know what I'm going to do without my son. You know, I was boohooing the whole way, but yeah. I'm growing up too. So it's funny that you, you ask me, like, you know, what do I teach my kids? My kids teach me mm-hmm. every day, you know, mm-hmm. how to be a better mom, how to be a better person, what I need to do to improve myself. Don't be scared, mom. You know, fight fight your battles, you mm-hmm. know, choose your battles, you fight. Da, da, da. So, like, my two oldest kids, every, all the tools I gave them, they're giving them back to me in the time that I need it now. Mm-hmm. And I focus on my two youngest children. I just teach them that they 
can do whatever they want, you know? Mm -hmm. Put them, introduce them to everything. Like, this modeling is modeling. If you want to do it, I support you. If yeah. you want to act, I support you. But I'm not throwing them in the business, into sure. the lion's den. It's changed a lot, this yeah. business. So, you know, everything is like influencers and this and that. Like, you know, I was on option for a job. And the first thing, you know, now you do Zoom uh, castings yeah. and stuff like that. And um, how many followers do you have? And I'm like, what, what do you? Yeah. No, <laughs> right. No, nobody's following me. What are you, sick in the head? Like, no, but like, <laughs> yeah. you know, and, and it's crazy because so like different. my Instagram got hacked three times. I was up to a million followers, whatever. Got hacked. Mm. Did it again. Not a million, but all, a lot. Yeah. Then it got hacked. Did it again. I'm, I'm on my third Instagram. Oh, so now goodness. I'm just like, you know what? Yeah, <laughs> I don't like you people. Like, I just I'm gonna get it all it's up. It's a here, different but, game, but you yeah. have to like. It's like as much as I'm anti that. I just I don't want my kids on TikTok. I don't want my kids to like swear. I'm I'm blessed. None of my kids. Nobody's come home. Well, the two youngest one, of course not. But mm -hmm. my son's not out there getting people pregnant. My daughter's yeah. not pregnant. She's not having. You know, they don't do drugs. They're not in gangs. They don't. They're good kids. You yeah. know, but they just want to. You know, my son's talking about in the generational wealth at 19. Ooh, you know, he's like trying I to do that. all this kind of. I love it. Teach me, please. Yeah, I'm yeah, like, yeah exactly. I, you know, he's like, you know, so basically out of the mouths of babes, like they see the world. So I look at everything. I'm just there to protect them, to feed them, to make sure they, you know, kiss their boo-boos when, when they hurt mm. themselves, read them bedtime stories, and make sure they grow up to be nice young gentlemen and, and women, Absolutely. you know. It's funny, I was telling your person that you, you were working with that you introduced me earlier, mm -hmm. my daughter's name, Storm Saket, Peel, right? Mm. So Saket is the Egyptian goddess of war. Mm. She's very powerful. Storm was an Amazon, you know, Storm from the X-Men, she was from like the planet Amazon. She controlled the weather, but she's giant. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So my daughter came home one day and said, Mommy, I don't like people calling me Stormy. I said, don't let them call you Stormy. I explained to her her whole history, what her name meant and how she's a strong warrior goddess. And she loves that and she embraces it. My son DJ, this whole thing. So they all have their own little things. I'm like, you know. They're teaching you. I'm I literally love every day, I, I hate to say, I make it up as I go along because there's no book. Yeah. There's no rules well, and right listen, or wrong ways. I'm happy that you are reintroducing yourself to the world, that you are now, uh, you know, you've taken your time off. You are back. You have your uh, your company that you're mm -hmm. starting. You're training young women and yes. men and whomever else. So hit me and up on my Instagram. Which everybody is what? Let everybody details. know when it's, you're, what's your Instagram. My Instagram is the real Beverly Peel. The real. Like R-E-A-L. Beverly. <laughs> Okay. Beverly, you know, Beverly Peel. <laughs> okay. And um, yeah, so I'll be putting posting stuff shortly. We're just literally ironing out all the last minute kinks. We should be up and running in August, uh, like the middle of August. Well, and it'll be in Hollywood, and you can get one on ones, and you can get you know all of I that love stuff. This. And, yeah, I, I love this for you. So you it. guys yeah, make sure that you follow Beverly Peel at the Beverly Peel, the um, real, the, the real, real, Beverly, the real yes. Beverly Peel. Mm -hmm. I even have it written down. I didn't say it well, but um, I truly appreciate you. I appreciate um, you so much. I love you deeply. I love you and, as well. Uh, and I'm. Looking forward to everything that you're going to bring to the world because yes. if, if, if it's anything like what I've gotten, you guys are in for uh, such a treat. But listen, uh, happy Friday to you happy guys. Friday. Enjoy Thank the you. weekend. Mm -hmm. Live it up. I'll be back on Monday. And you guys remember today and every day forward to be a blessing.